people often view discipline as a daunting task, kind of expecting it to be extremely challenging and require a significant amount of personal sacrifice. And imagine a world where discipline is not about placing restrictions on yourself, but it's actually about liberating you, where it's not a chore, but it's a choice leading to empowerment, right? And so the way I think of it is if you want to transform your actual level of discipline, you need to change the word entirely. And I'll kind of tell you the game changer for me has been I stopped using the word discipline and I replaced it with the word integrity. Every successful entrepreneur started with one goal in mind, freedom, financial freedom and time freedom. You read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and dreamed of one day building a successful business that you paid others to manage while you sat back and watched the money pile up. But in the real world, most entrepreneurs fail at adequately preparing their business for their exit. The exit is the essential step of creating distance between your business and your active involvement in it. The exit is the power play that gives you the freedom you desire in life. It's your business and only you can define what a successful exit is for you, so you have to own it. We're here to help you do just that. You're listening to Own the Exit. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Own the Exit, the show where we dive deep into keys to success and freedom in business and building a business that allows you the freedom you desire in life. I am your host, Caleb Edwards, and typically I'm joined by our co-host, Aaron Leatherdale, but this episode's kind of a solo take because really and honestly, I wanted to hit something that I think is going to bring you a lot of insight and value as you continue to scale and grow your business and establish an infrastructure in your business where it can operate with a decreasing amount of your active involvement so that you can have an increasing amount of freedom, which is you know the whole reason that you started in entrepreneurship and business building in the first place, at least for most of the entrepreneurs and business folks that I talk to, the main goal is is to build a life of freedom, to not put a ceiling on what it is that you're able to accomplish and achieve and the kind of lifestyle that you can live, right? And so you know, today I want to talk about what I believe is a game-changing concept. And it's kind of centered around the idea why the word discipline could be the very thing that's holding you back from the success that you desire and from what it is that you want to achieve. That's right. You know, it's time, I think, to rethink everything that you know about discipline. Right now, imagine a world uh, where discipline is not about placing restrictions on yourself, but it's actually about liberating you, where it's not a chore, but it's a choice leading to empowerment. Right. And in this episode, I want to explore how redefining discipline can unlock unprecedented levels of success and freedom in your business journey. So I just want to dive right in. I want to start with the word discipline. Right. The word discipline is it kind of invokes three different psychological responses, right? When I say the word discipline, there's one of three different ways that you mentally or psychologically are going to respond to that word. And, and, and your initial psychological or mental response is actually going to determine how committed you are to the discipline that you are trying to engage in, right? And so the first psychological response to discipline is typically a negative response. And what I mean by that is, there's this perception of a high level of difficulty or sacrifice. You know, people often view discipline as a daunting task, 
kind of expecting it to be extremely challenging and require a significant amount of personal sacrifice. And, you know, there is an element of truth to that. I mean, you know, waking up early, going to the gym, working out for, you know, 60 or 90 minutes a day, eating the foods that you don't want to eat, you know, then translate that to 10 other areas of your life, right? There is a level of sacrifice that comes with discipline and there can be a negative psychological response depending on what mood you're in, right? Depending on how you're feeling. And so, you know, then there's also this association with restriction and deprivation, right? You know, the term discipline, it can evoke feelings of being restricted or being deprived of certain pleasures or certain comforts. And so discipline can invoke a negative psychological response, even fear of failure. Like I, I've talked to, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that they're like, I'm not going to sign up for that again. I'm not going to do that again. Or I've, I've even got friends that, you know, maybe they try to start a new like workout regimen or a new diet or something like that. And they failed so many times at following through that, you know, this prevalent fear is that they're just going to fail again. And so, you know, the idea of being disciplined is like, well, I would rather not fail by not doing anything than by doing something and not following through. And so the idea of discipline can evoke this negative psychological response and it's understandable, you know, and then there's uh, another psychological response, but it's more neutral, right? So I think there's a negative, a neutral, and a positive. So we talked about the negative, the neutral mental response to the word discipline or the idea or concept behind discipline is, is neutral, right? Discipline is mostly perceived as a means, not an ethical standpoint, right? And so, you know, discipline is seen kind of as a tool. It's seen as a method, but it's devoid of any moral or ethical judgment. It's not good or bad in and of itself, at least in that neutral psychological response. You know, because there's a focus on sacrifice versus outcome in the idea of discipline. The emphasis is on the balance between what is given up and what is gained, what is sacrificed and what the outcome is. And if the sacrifices don't lead to tangible benefits, the motivation to remain disciplined kind of wanes and goes away. So the idea is like, well, if I'm going to, you know, to use the fitness example again, if I'm going to sign up for a new diet and a new fitness regimen and a new hardcore workout, right? And there's no promise of positive results in my life. There's no, like, I do it for a long time and I see no benefit to it. Let's say I'm, I'm getting less healthy by doing it. Then it's like, well, I'm not going to stay disciplined. I'm not going to just continue doing that because the outcome is what determines what makes it good or not, right? Not the discipline of itself. And so the fact that in and of itself, there's a neutral element to the word or the concept of discipline. It's if I do these things, if I stay consistent in this area, then it will produce an outcome. The outcome is what I'm going for, but there's no moral or ethical underpinning just of being disciplined, right? It's practicality over morality, right? And so the approach is very pragmatic, focusing on whether discipline serves a practical purpose rather than an inherent value or virtue uh, in being disciplined. And then there is a positive response to the word discipline, and it's mostly focused on outcome, kind of as I've already sort of alluded to, right? There's this hope for improvement or hope for gain. Discipline's kind of viewed optimistically as a pathway to betterment and success. There's a strong belief that disciplined actions will lead to positive changes and rewards. And so 
our mind then when we think of the word discipline, it can have a positive reaction, but it really is dependent upon our mood. You know, are we in a bad mood then on a given day? Then the idea of, okay, well, I need to be disciplined. Well, man, that's going to be a lot of sacrifice. It's going to be really hard. And so there's this potential in our mind to have kind of a negative psychological mental response to the idea. And we sort of push away from it, right? Even though maybe I know I need to do it. It's just not that important. It's just not, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Neutral day of like, I'm not feeling super motivated today. And so the idea of discipline, well, it's not like a moral or ethical obligation. It's just, do I want to work harder and do more today to kind of achieve the outcome? I'm not feeling it so much. Right. And so the, the way I think of it is if you want to transform your actual level of discipline, you need to change the word entirely. You need to move away from thinking of discipline in terms of the word discipline. Uh, and I'll kind of tell you the game changer for me has been, it's a real simple hack. I stopped using the word discipline and I replaced it with the word integrity, right? It's caused me to be far more consistent in the disciplines that I engage in, right? Because there's really only one psychological response to the word integrity, and that's positive. You don't think of the word integrity and think of a bad person or a negative outcome or a bad situation, or you don't even really think that much of the sacrifice. You think of, yeah, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person, you know, an upstanding person that, that does the right thing and, and that actually follows through with the things that I say I'm going to do that actually follows through with the pathway that I've committed to taking. And so, you know, there is in the word integrity an inherent value and ethical element, you know, unlike discipline, which is, you know, mostly conveys a sense of obligation or hardship. The word integrity is imbued with positive, ethical, and moral connotation. It suggests a commitment to honesty, strong moral principles, and consistency in actions and values. And it makes the concept of integrity inherently like more appealing and inspirational, right? When you think of integrity, it's like, if I say that I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. and work out every day, go to the gym, go to my personal trainer, whatever it's going to be. If I say I'm going to do that and I'm a man of integrity, then I need to let my yes be yes and my no be no. And there's really an ethical and moral element to it. Like if I tell you that I'm going to do something, then it's not an issue of whether I'm disciplined or not, whether I follow through. It's, it's an issue of my integrity. So whether or not doing that thing directly benefits me or produces some positive outcome for me, I need to let that kind of selfish thinking go. And I need to focus more on who do I want to be, not what do I want to accomplish. And I think of the Zig Ziglar quote, I've known this and kind of lived by this principle since I started in business in my early 20s. Okay, and really started in business earlier than that. But I had a business mentor when I was like 19, 20 years old. He pointed me to, to Zig Ziglar. And, you know, Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll have everything you want. And so if I'm a man of integrity, that follows through with my commitments to other people and my commitments to myself and my commitments to my family and my commitments to my business, then the outcomes will be the desired outcome. And I don't have to focus so much on the outcome. I focus on who I'm becoming 
rather than what I'm trying to accomplish. If I want to think in terms of discipline, then the highest goal for me is to get the outcome. If I think of it in terms of integrity, then the highest goal is becoming the man that I was created to be or the man that I want to be or the man that I you know, know that I already am. And I'm simply walking that out in integrity. And so, you know, and in business, living with integrity versus just discipline. And, and I really think of them in the same way, right? In terms of how they practically play out, but it's really a shift in perspective and what the best hopeful outcome is, right? Discipline focuses on the thing. Integrity focuses on the person. Discipline focuses on the outcome. Integrity focuses on your internal identity. Who are you, right? And so in walking with integrity over discipline, you know, it extends beyond that kind of individual internal struggle for self-control. And it actually speaks to how one interacts with and is perceived by others. So there's this holistic relational impact of being a man or a woman of integrity versus simply being a man or a woman of discipline. Being a man or woman of integrity, it means that you're trustworthy. It conveys trustworthiness. It conveys reliability. It conveys you know, honor in dealing with others. And so that kind of enhances relationships and it builds trust and it fosters a positive reputation. And this broader kind of more relational impact of integrity can be a lot more motivating and powerful in a business context because success oftentimes depends on building strong, trustworthy relationships with clients, customers, or partners. So being a man of integrity, being a woman of integrity versus simply just focusing on disciplined actions, thinking of things that you're committed to and the things you want to follow through on, thinking of them in terms of integrity rather than simply in terms of discipline actually can improve and enhance your ability to build a business and build a network of people who trust you. And so the, 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 the kind of last thing I want to point out about integrity being greater than discipline, right, is long-term sustainability and authenticity. Discipline is so often focused on the short term and it's kind of more goal-oriented. I'm going to do this until this happens, right? Whereas integrity represents long-term sustainable approach to life and to business where it's more about who you are, like I've already said, than it is simply about achieving and hitting goals. Think of James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I mean, if you haven't read that, then you've probably been living under a rock. It's like one of the best sellers of all time at this point. But he talks a lot about like, it doesn't like goals, like 32 teams in the NFL set to win the Super Bowl every year as their goal and only one wins. It wasn't the goals that caused you to win or lose. It was what are the habits that you created? What are the habits that you built? See, goals are built from a disciplined mindset. Habits are built from an integrity mindset. This is who I'm becoming. So these are not just the things I'm going to shoot for. These are the things that I'm going to own and I'm going to incorporate into my identity, right? Consistent and be faithful because it's who you are, right? Show up and do the nitty gritty, dirty tasks that nobody else will do because you're a man of integrity, because you're a woman of integrity, not because you're like, well, if I don't do this, I won't achieve the outcome. It's like, I understand the motivation of reward. I really do. 
But the greatest reward that you could possibly have is becoming the very best version of yourself as you can. And discipline alone is not going to get you there. It's going to require you adopting a mindset that is higher. And that's a mindset that's focused more on integrity and less on discipline. That's all I got for you today. Thanks for joining me on Own the Exit. And until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Own the Exit. Remember, it's your business and you can define your exit however you want. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more people just like you who are looking to own their exit.